This is Agents Influence Podcast. But you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people out there that just don't get it. And I mean, I've had conversations at conferences with people and they're like, oh, is this one of those AMSs? We don't need that. That's too expensive. And I can understand that because I can understand because they're not looking at it like in a way that this thing can help my company. This is true enterprise technology business software is supposed to provide an ROI, return on investment. It's supposed to help you. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Agents Influence Conversations with Jason Cash, where we take industry specialists and industry-wide people, and we bring the cream of the crop to you so that we can give them a voice to amplify inside your ear to better your agency and to better your finances, and most importantly, to better your family, just like we have at the beginning. And today, we are not going to disappoint. We are having someone who's been, uh, this is their second time coming on to Agents Influence, and so we're going to be happy to hear from them. But in just a minute, we're going to hear from them because I've got some really exciting things. So you may have heard at the opening about you know the little special that we have going on for you loyal listeners, but I got to invite you to AIBrainShare18.com. You got to get there. You got to check it out. I mean, it's pretty, pretty great. The things that are coming about, I didn't really mean for it to, but it's kind of become the who's who of the industry of the people that are signed up. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's absolutely electric. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know if there's ever been an event where you're going to have all these people at the same event, but not only that, they're all going to be in the same room for two days discussing things, sharing. They're going to want to learn from you. You're going to want to learn from them. AIBrainShare18.com, September 13th through the 15th in the beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Check that out. Check that out. Also want to update you on a couple things, a couple places that I'm going to be across America in the insurance industry. I'm doing a couple other things for the banking industry and one actually for the tax industry. Boy, it seems like that'll be boring, but they asked me to speak on customer experience. But I'm going to be speaking for the insurance industry in Indiana, French Lick, Indiana, June 14th and 15th at the Young Agents, I believe, of Indiana are having me there. I'm going to be in Cleveland, Ohio on June 23rd, 24th, and 25th at Elevate. That's the one that um, my boy TrustedChoice.com, Ryan Hanley's putting on. Um, That thing is sold out, by the way. And then in the last weekend in July, I will be in Pensacola, Florida, coming back to that event. Uh, So if you're going to be down in Pensacola, Florida at the Young Agents Alabama uh, conference, it is going to be a good time. Then I'm going to be in Boston at the national event coming on August 22nd, 23rd, I believe is when it is. Then I will be at AI BrainShare September 13th through the 15th. And then I'll be at Applied Connect the second week of October. So just wanted to let you know where you can see me and where you can find me in the insurance industry, besides just here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you found this podcast. So without further ado, though, let's get done with that stuff and let's introduce into the room, onto the podcast, into your ear, Mr. Reed Holsworth, CEO of what we call on the Insiders Group, TC, what everybody else knows as 
Tech Canary. How are you doing, Reed? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day. It's a great world. We're having a good time. It's awesome. Damn right. Good world. You're right about that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always ups and downs, but you got to have the downs to know how great the ups are. But overwhelming. If you did the Ben Franklin of life and put the good on one side and the bad on the other. I mean, you got to be full of the bad. I mean, the good. You've got to have a lot of the good, right? A few of the bad. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Oh. Some people on the day that they're having listening to this, they may think, hey, today's one of those days that there's more bad. But, you know, overall, it's good and you know that. So, Reed, buddy, remind the uh, loyal listeners, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Oh, come on. We've done this. iPhone. I know, but you got to keep in mind, man. Apple, you do. our whole company is a, a Mac shop. So yeah, except for the devs. The devs are on all Linux machines. They are. And if they're not on Linux, they're on droids. No, no. Oh, they're on droids too. They will not go to that side of the world. Mm -hmm. I know. And that's why I love the devs, I guess. And we talked about that before. The CEOs, more of the C-suite, usually company execs usually have the iPhone and the ones that are down in the ditches actually doing all the work, they're using with the droids. Yeah. And then let me ask you this, man. Uh, It's a couple new questions that we've got since uh, the last time you were on. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose, Reed? I hate to lose. Why? I think that if I've lost, I've failed. It's not, it's going to sound really bad, but when you're winning a lot, you're always winning, right? And that's kind of who you are as a person. But when you lose, it hurts, right? But it's also good. Okay. It's not bad to lose. Obviously, we've all learned from our mistakes, if you will. My father actually said something to me one time that I, I kind of took with me. And you could take people can take it for what it is. They say that. <laughs> Dumb people learn from their mistakes. Don't make the mistake. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dumb people learn from their mistakes. Learn from other people's mistakes. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> that is so true. And there's a plethora of them out there to just follow right in line with. You're right about that, man. Holy cow. That's a little hard, but you know, it is what it is. No. It is what it is. And, you know, and so in your history of who you are, from where you came from to where you are now as the CEO of Tech Canary, third question is, do you believe it was due to luck or skill? Where I am today, Mm -hmm. man, that's tough. I would say, I would say both. I know I'm supposed to pick one. I would say luck more than anything, you know, right place, right time, all of that. I think it was luck. A lot of it was luck if I had to choose one, but both really. But no, I'm going to, you know, this is a question that I really haven't answered my own self on here, but I would agree with what you would say. I believe that skill is very powerful. I think it can get you far, but I'm not, I think that luck can shoot you to elevations quickly. And I do agree with what you're saying because you think a lot about, you know, one of the things, if you read the book, The Outsiders, And if you read that book about what makes an outsider an outsider, they will tell you that the number one, if not one, two of the top five things that have made people successful upon studying them all, being in the right place at the right time is overwhelmingly one of the main reasons that makes somebody successful. All of Bill Gates, all of Steve Jobs, all of those guys and gals that made all that money. People don't realize they were actually all born between 54 and 58. And what makes it so incredible about that is when these new mainframe computers were coming onto universities in 69, 70, 71, and they only had one terminal. It's ironic if you look back at those ones, those are the guys and gals that had access to that computer more 
than anybody else because no one knew how to use it. You had punch cards and all this stuff and they figured out how to use it. And like Bill Gates at the, I think it was University of Michigan. I could be wrong by that. Where he was at school, that he was actually in charge of allowing people to use it. So he could use this mainframe computer whenever he wanted. So it had to do with the fact that he was in the right place at the right time, which made him Bill Gates to have that advantage. You know, and it's really crazy when you look at the average cutoff of leagues and kids in baseball around America is generally around September 1st. So if your kid was born before, you know, or if after, it depends on what level they're going to play at. Well, if you look at professional baseball players, the vast majority of them were born in September and October, November and December meaning because they were the oldest of their class. So somebody who they were playing against that was born in May or June, they literally had like 10 to 11 months on them. And at the age of five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, that's a huge amount of time as far as growth and development. So when it comes to those things, it's overwhelmingly luck. And that's why I agree with what you're saying. I think everybody could be right. Don't get me wrong. If you think it's, if you think it's skill, because I think you need that because you could have the best luck in the world, but if you don't, have skill, right? Then you're not there. Your thoughts on that, Reed? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, there's so much that goes into it, right? Ambition, which is drive. There's a lot. Tenacity. I mean, all kinds of things that go into that, but I would totally agree with you. And that's, that's a pretty amazing story, Cass. You're, you're, you're no joke, man. Study well, no, dude, I do. I, I love to read. I love to read. I just really do. I love to read. Okay, but this isn't about me, and this is about the one and only. I've been waiting to get you on here. And then read just real quick, uh, abbreviate for some of the new loyal listeners. Give them your, your bit history and background. Take them from high school, college, up to where you are now. Oh, man, you want me to go that, that far back. Yeah. All right. So basically, um, born and raised Laguna Beach, California. Went to Laguna Beach High School. Ended up moving out to Florida. Jacksonville, Northeast Florida. Went to school for a couple of years. I was going to school for business and finance. And I started my first company because I wanted to own a business. So I started my first business while I was in college, basically quit school prior to even getting my two-year degree to focus on my business because my business was doing very well. I ran my own companies ever since. And I only had what I'll call one real job which is when I went to work for a friend of mine, basically started and purchased a small insurance agency and grew it into, I think they're probably top 20 now in the country as far as size. And so anyway, I was fascinated with the whole recurring revenue stream that could come from owning an insurance agency. Yeah, babe. So, you know, and we all know, right? It's hard at first but if you put in the work and you keep pushing, you can be very successful. So yeah, so I decided that my friends are like, you know, why don't you come on board and do this? And so I said, all right, I'll learn this business. So I sold off the company that I owned at the time and I came on board, went and got my, <laughs> my, my insurance license. They gave me at the time the largest agency in the country that they had to run. <laughs> when I came in all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed my license, to run the shop and everybody just laughed at me, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, long story short, what happened was one of the first things I learned was how the, as a manager, how the technology was really hindering me in my organization on many, many, many levels. And I'm not going to go into to all of that. 
So long story short, I, I did that. I, I did very well myself, even as well as a manager, as well as a producer. I was the top producer in the country. I had a policy per customer of 2.66. Nice. So I, I cross sold the hell out of people. You know, I learned the business very well. And then, so then essentially what happened was, is I decided just being who I am to go out and start my own agency, like many people listening to this call. And so when I did, I was kind of in that, uh, what I like to call the entrepreneurial stage. If you're starting your, your own company and, and you're, you're looking at all the software and I'm going to build the website and that's all the fun stuff, right? Before you get in the thick of it. That's right. And so I was blessed in that I had some time to figure out what was the best technology solution for me and my company. And you know, knowing all the things that I knew prior with the company I worked at, I wanted something totally different. And really what I wanted didn't exist. So what I did was I came to the conclusion that if nothing's out there, I'm going to have to build it. And I actually found that I could build what I wanted on top of the salesforce.com platform, really accelerating this whole build. Now, back then, keep in mind, you know, it's funny, I was telling somebody this story the other day. Back then, first of all, people didn't even know who Salesforce was in our industry. True. Now, today, 90% of the insurance industry uses Salesforce in some way or another, right? Yep. And so, but what the Salesforce was, was a CRM. And, and it's kind of like, well, how, how is a CRM going to turn into an agency management system? Well, what I discovered was, is really, it's a platform that you can build whatever you want on top with all these CRM components in it. And then, you know, we had access to the app exchange. So I had instant connections to, to all of these under, other vendors worldwide. And so it just totally transformed. So anyways, long story short, I did that. I did it for our agency. The agency was very successful. We kind of doing our thing and Salesforce approached me about partnering with them and taking what I, I built to market. And so, so that's what I did. And that was about 2012. And in 2013, I launched Tech Canary. We went live on the App Exchange Q3 of 13. And I walked away from the agency world back then. I essentially had a partner in that business. And I said, look, I'm taking the technology and you keep the agency. And that was How'd it. That work out? Work out pretty good? <laughs> I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. You know what's amazing here? And this is this loyal listeners. This is why I had him on because this is the conversation that we're going to unfold over the next 20 minutes. And that is what you said here was really, really important, Reed. And I don't even know if you realize that you said it. You said, you know, when you were creating this, you were thinking, you know, and you have other people out there thinking, how does a CRM turn into an AMS? But here's actually the question I think is what needs to be asked is the question is, how do we get our AMS to turn into a CRM? And Tech Canary is that answer. So for everybody that knows, okay, we'll just get it on the table here. I use Tech Canary. I am a QQ user. We have been live with Tech Canary because I will say it's customizable. At the same time, I have not been able to dedicate the time that I should have to it because I just bought an agency February 1st, but I've now got back to my feet and stuff and I've started focusing in on it again. And that is the question, Reed. So everybody knows. So this is the reason why I brought Reed on. I have never in my life in the industry heard so many people talking about AMS systems. 
And I believe, and I've said it for a long time, that even if you look at Simon Sinek and he calls it the law of something and it looks like a big like bell, like a Liberty Bell or something. And he talks about the early adopters and then he talks about basically everybody else and then the post adopters in a sense. And I call that the herd. And so I think that's what's happening, loyal listeners. I think that's what's happening, Reed. It's come to the point in time now that there's so much sharing. We've gotten out of these conventions and these conferences and these state associations and we've got into these Facebook groups and great companies are creating their own user groups to be able to share in great different ways. And I think the, the, the three letters API are something that the vast majority of insurance professionals, because we're behind the curve, pretty much the rest of the world has, but insurance professionals have finally heard read and they're starting to understand what this is. And now they're going to their AMS systems going, hey, I want this uh, API thing. And they explain it. And first of all, the rep, you know, the insurance company reps, they still have never heard about it. But they're sitting there saying to themselves like, wow, you know, well, we're not going to do that. Vertiflor applied. All of them are saying we're not going to do that. And then you've got some. And keep in mind, Reed, you don't have to answer this. This is Jason Cass talking because this is this is real here. Hawksoft. Hawksoft is a great platform. They've now opened up their API, but they're not. Like they're deciding who they want to do business with. That's not opening your API, right? That's not having free trade. It's not saying, hey, we're going to freely trade with any other country except for them, 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 and we're only going to sell this, 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 and this, and this. That's not free trade. And that's not free open API. And so I've brought you here, Reed, because the word on the street from what people have been hearing for the last 12, 18 months, I know Tech Canary has been around before that, but it's really gotten into this API. And if I'm correct, I would be willing to say that you have the only product out there that has a true open API. There, Reed, I set it up. Tell us what you think about what's going on in the industry right now. Yeah, well, that is 100% true. So let's talk about the API, though, real quick. Let's do it. It's hilarious. You know, I was at, I was speaking at an event, I was on a panel last week, and it was an insurance event. And they were like, they were laughing on the panel because I'm, they said, I'm sure everybody in the audience wants to puke when they hear API because that's what everybody's talking about right now. So it's kind of funny they are. bringing this up. So let's talk about Hawksoft real quick. So by the way, I think Hawksoft is a good solution. I do respect Paul and I like Paul Hawkins and, and he, they've done very well. Sometimes people think, and, and Vertifor and Applied as well, sometimes people think that these APIs are super easy to build and open up and just let people come in and do what they want with their platform, right? And it's not that cut and dry. So I wouldn't necessarily take that people are holding back on those APIs, if you will, as they're trying to, to put up the walls. Not all of them, but there are definitely companies that are doing that. But what, you know, what is the API? I mean, the API essentially, it's kind of like, I'll break it down. So what is an API? If I have a faucet on the side of my house, and I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right? And Cass uh, lives in Edmonton now, whatever, somewhere in Illinois. We both have faucets on our house. I have to connect a pipe between those two homes all the way. And essentially, that's what the API is allowing. It's allowing me to screw in this hose on one side and the hose on the other. Now, how big of a hose? That's up to either vendor. You know, How much water am I going to demand? And what we're talking about here, instead of water, it's data that's processing. 
right? And things that are taking off and, and all of this. Now, again, we're fortunate that we built our product 100% native, and native is very important in the Salesforce world, native to Salesforce. Well, Salesforce is a complete open API solution. You can grab or do whatever you want with it. That's why most all of these insure tech companies that everybody's talking about are using Salesforce in some way or another as their platform to run all this stuff. You know, it's very important. Here's the thing that's happening, though, in the whole API world. Now, the carriers, and I will tell you, this is happening. We have the API documentation right now from multiple carriers where we can actually direct connect into their solutions for servicing reasons, rating reasons, you name it. Quote bind, all kinds of stuff. Wow. Yeah. And the carriers are now opening this up. And they're actually even building things with Guidewire and all kinds of stuff. And the carriers are coming together on this. I mean, I was in the last two weeks, I've been to two speaking engagements about this, literally, with carriers involved. And so the carriers are... Now, opening up these APIs to help the agents be more efficient. The problem is, and the reason why they haven't done it in the past, is because technically there are no solutions on the market that can properly utilize them, you know? Okay. And so now it's not just us. Now it's, you know, it's us and we have this complete open system. I think we're, we're kind of leading that space, if you will. But, you know, other companies are building things on other platforms and whatnot, their own proprietary stuff that want to leverage these APIs for the carriers. So, so if just, let's just get off wild here and let's go ranting. I mean, Ivan's insurance, I love Ivan's insurance. I love the fact that they're trying to make things better, but at the end of the day, they're owned by the evil dark side one of applied. And the reason why I don't say evil, I mean, they have, to be honest with you, they have a really great product, but I just can't stand their business model and how they try to keep data hostage because they actually own Ivan's insurance. If the companies actually open up their system and it can talk directly actually to your system, would you actually have, could you do a data transfer without going through somebody like an Ivan's? 100%. Oh, so now we see the enormous impact that an API could have by an insurance company opening that up. That's huge. And I'm going to get all buzzwordy now. All right. All right. <laughs> so, That's all right. So here's the other thing. With the data free flowing between agencies and with the carriers where you have access to all of that data, you can do serious, you can use serious, serious artificial intelligence. There's true AI capabilities, but the biggest problem with artificial intelligence is the data and the quality of the data. You need a lot, a lot of data to properly utilize AI technology. And so this is where the carriers now are speaking. Actually, I mean, you can look, Trusted Choice did an event, The Future of Insurance, check it out. I'll I'll do a little plug for them. It's called The Future of Insurance. They did a video on it, kind of talking about this, but everybody having access to that and the carriers are actually now wanting to leverage some of this data in a way that's unique to you, the agent. So they're not looking to steal your data to try to, you know, take your customers or something, but they're just trying to understand the customer better. Yeah. And leveraging artificial intelligence and things like that. And so these are the kinds of conversations that are happening now. 
Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. That's great. Yeah, it's very real. No, no, that's great. I mean, I am so happy to hear that this is finally happening. I mean, every hey, we're better together, everybody together, you know, rising tide raises all ships, all that stuff is important. And I love this that the the open APIs at this that they're going. Okay, let's so let's steer back a little bit because a lot of people, okay, so when it comes to Tech Canary, whenever I got Tech Canary, I called you up Reed and I said, "Reed, why are you calling this thing an AMS? And you said, Cass, dude, just be quiet. Like, like, dude, like you're making so much sense. People aren't going to understand it though. But like, if you remember what I said to you, I was like, read, I'm like, you have a CRM that happens to function as an AMS for insurance agents, right? Like to me, I would be out there going, telling everybody, you don't need an AMS, you only need a CRM and we're badow, we're the ones who built it, right? I know that doesn't work in a marketing sense and, and agents barely even understand what AMSs are. I mean, seriously, I heard still that there's like 15 to 20% roughly of agents that still don't have an oh, AMS. Man. I don't understand how it's happening. That don't have anything. We're working off spreadsheets. I don't understand how they do it, Reed. I mean, I have tasks and all kinds of stuff telling me all this. And I mean, and I'm still scared that something's going to fall through. I mean, how in the world do these people do it? But anyways, that's that's for them. They ain't listening to this anyways, because they probably don't even have a smartphone to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is that one thing that I really like, and this is something for all you agents to keep in mind, and this is a good thing for Tech Canary because all agents say, I want an open API because I want to be able to plug my stuff into this thing. I need something that just holds data and it'll be my job to put the data in there to have good quality data. But then I need to be able to plug in my own things to be able to make it work. And then there's the other side of, hey, we have the AMS and we have all the parts that fit to it. So that's like the vertifars and applied. But here we are on the opposite end. And what I find amazing, and inside of the Tech Canary Facebook users group that we have in there, all of us users kind of talk about the same thing. And that it's like agents say they want a customizable system. And so Tech Canary delivers them a customizable system and someone gets Tech Canary and like freaks out. They're like, yeah. whoa. 
and they don't understand that it works day one out of the box. I mean, it does. And, but it's just like, well, where's this and where's that? Now, wait a minute. Did you not say that you wanted something different that was going to allow you to do that? And that's what I said a minute ago. Let's not figure out how a CRM is going to turn into an A. Let's figure out how we're going to get that CRM to be an AMS. And that's what you did here. And it just gets frustrating sometimes when I hear agents say, well, I tried that, but it didn't work. Well, I do know it works because there's 150 of us users in this group here that are conversating every day and are using this thing. So what are your, some of your thoughts on that, Reed? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good way to put it. And, and it's kind of funny, but you know, most people, like you said, don't even know what AMS is. They're sure not going to know what CRM is. And it, some people are listening to this, they're going to be like, you know, you're an asshole. Of course, we know what that is. Hell yeah. But you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people out there that just don't get it. And no. I mean, I've had conversations at conferences with people and they're like, oh, is this one of those AMSs? We don't need that. That's too expensive. <laughs> right? And and, you know, I can understand that. I get it. I can understand because they're not looking at it like in a way that this thing can help my company. Mm-hmm. This you know, true enterprise technology business software is supposed to provide an ROI, return on investment. It's supposed to help you. If your system's not helping you be more successful, throw it away. Use a spreadsheet. You know, Makes I get it. the E&O exposure and all of that. Don't do that. But there, there are some risks there, obviously. But I mean, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, I so, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. But let's I mean, if you go back to the history of the agency management system, a lot of people don't realize this. But I have two people on my board that essentially founded this industry. Dennis Chikazian, who is the former CEO of CNA, founded a company called AMS and was the chairman of AMS. AMS then became Vertifor, Gotcha. who David Rowe, who's on my board as well, was the CEO of and chairman of for 17 years. Gotcha. And when they originally got all the carriers together and the carriers actually purchased technology to build AMS into what then became Vertifor, right? Right. And Apollo was doing the same thing around the same time. That's a story for another day. But When they built those systems and the technology they acquired back then, number one, it was an accounting solution because everything was agency bill, right? Right. It was agency bill and then it was accord forms. So you take an accounting solution essentially, because and it's very important. I'm not poo-pooing accounting. Accounting is a big part of the solution, but you know, in agencies that we sell that are, you know, 500 employees, 500 users in our world, they'll typically have an accounting team of about 10 people, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe 20, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the rest of the organization. Well, what do they do? Sell, service, you know, all everything else, True. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what does the CEO of one of these companies and the business owner of these companies, what do they want these days? They want a customer-focused solution to help drive additional revenue or help their bottom line by streamlining all their processes internally. That's what they want. That's right. And that's what any business wants. And so if you go back to the, the beginning, essentially what happened was is that these agency management systems that were literally built 30, 40 years ago, not 30 years ago, they were all built around accounting solutions. And as the market changed, the systems did not. 
This is one of the core things that I wanted when I started my agency. I wanted a sales-focused solution, right? That's right. All in one world, everything living in one environment. We just worked with, and this is a whole nother topic. We just worked with a customer of ours where we took, they had 37 backend systems. Now, this is a large shop, very large shop. 37 systems, and we brought it down to four, okay? Wow. Think of Wibble Cherry across 37 systems that are, and some of them were, quote, connected with twine and duct tape, you know, right. <laughs> um, but they weren't, you know, they didn't really, they wanted all this in one environment. The ROI will blow your mind. Millions of dollars. I bet. Millions of dollars in cost on technology, but way more on improving the efficiency and driving additional revenue through the door. And less stress of the staff having to deal with 37 things and their headaches and all that stuff, those costs that no one ever sees. So the biggest problem that we see is one that you brought up, Cass, is that I've been using this system for 30 years and your system doesn't do it the exact way that I'm used to doing it. But I want something different. <laughs> but I want right. And then and and then the other side of it on our side is our system is 100 percent customizable. 100 mm-hmm. percent Yep. You can, you can do whatever the hell you want to it. And that's a double-edged sword because people are, you know, they're like, well, I want to do this, 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 this. I had a conversation with an agency the other day. And I said, I said to the guy, he's a one-man band, okay? Mm-hmm. And I like talking to our customers. I have good relationships with our customers. You know that. Yep. And he's a one-man band. And I'm like, dude, you need to sell some, get out there and sell some deals. Go out there and, and shake the trees and sell some policies. Stop trying to build the master system right now. You need to bring the money in. Just focus on the very high-level stuff. Yep. And he's like, you know what? You're 100% correct. And that's what happens is, is they get in the weeds on wanting to build out this monstrosity of a system because they can't and they've never been able to before, right? That's right. And the reality is use it the way it's designed, out of the box, and then grow into it over time. Now, Reed, you know one of the coolest things, dude? Like, I mean, this is, you know, there's the big, sexy, shiny things, and then there's the ugly, sexy things that no one really wants to deal with. But this is like a cool, sexy thing, but like, will give you loyal listeners an insight to how customizable their system is. When I am setting up my user screen inside of Lightning, and I'm doing all my stuff, and hey, I like this here. I'm like, oh, look, I can move this button over here, and I can move this tab over there. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. And so, and then like, you guys have a news feed, kind of like the best way to put it is a news feed kind of on chats and current things that are going on on certain policies or clients, which is really cool. But here's the thing that I noticed. My accountant, I wanted to, you know, kind of see what she was going to have to see and use. And, and so I started going in there and I started looking at different things. Well, I actually logged into her user ID and I'm sitting in there and I started realizing that like I can make it to where her system You look at it and you go, okay, I'm inside Tech Canary. But if you look at mine versus hers, it's completely different. I'm wanting to use the CRM functions. I'm wanting to use the marketing functions. I want to use the texting features and the email marketing, all that different types of stuff. And I want to see reports as the agency owner. But And there's some other accounting things. But when you go to hers, 
is completely opposite. Like all the things she needs are right there. And then like she can look at the marketing and all the things I do, but I really, it kind of clicked to me, Reed. I was like, holy cow, like this thing is so customizable. You know you're inside Tech Canary, but if you log in with somebody else's user ID, they can totally customize it to where it looks like it needs to for them. Because I've heard a lot of times agents say or CSRs say, man, you know that I have a lot of stuff that I don't need to use in this AMS. And why that is true, they jam pack it full of stuff we don't need. I've also been at that same meeting where that one staff person has said, yeah, I don't even use these buttons over here. And I wish they weren't even here. And then someone else on the other side of the table goes, I use those buttons all the time and the buttons you're wanting, I don't use. But yet they're all given this one size fits all t-shirt, right? Rather than someone saying, hey, I'm a woman and I like the V-neck and the man says, hey, I'll just take the regular button up polo. That's where I was like blown away by Tech Canary and actually how customizable it truly is. I don't think people realize that, Reed. I really don't. They don't realize that. And you know, there are people that have built solutions on Salesforce to compete with us, and there'll be more to come. The big difference, Cass, that people don't realize is that we built everything native to Salesforce. So you can use the standard tools of Salesforce as a platform to customize. Okay, wait a minute. There's people out there that don't know, and they're trying to learn. What do you mean by native? Make that simple. Native means it's really a part of the system itself. So when you build technology like in a software product, you know what a lot of people would do is they'd leverage the platform as what we call their front end. Think of like a website, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's displaying information, where on the back end, all of the code and and how it's serving up that information and, and whatnot is actually on another server somewhere that they're maintaining. So the data is not stored in this example, on the website itself. Salesforce is the website. So we built everything inside of Salesforce so you can leverage every single app, every single tool, you know, all their, their analytics platform, Einstein, which is their new AI platform, all the workflow. It's by not doing that, you couldn't do the things that you're talking about, yep. Cass. Sweet. Dude. So like we'll move it around and change things. You would at a high level, but not deeply. Right. And that's the thing I'm excited about. Like if I can do it at this high level, like just simply moving the main buttons on the main screen and then making yep. customizing it. I'm sitting here thinking to myself and I was telling Travis, I'm like, Travis, think of the things we're going to be able to do when we get down into the roots. Right. And like your guys' quick forms that you can create your own quick forms. You can create them quickly to where once the phone rings and we need to intake some information, there's no looking for a fillable PDF or anymore. It's bang, new quote, bam, that thing comes up and the questions start asking and you start answering the questions one a time that would normally be on the intake sheet and boom, it's done and it's automatically poured as you're typing it. It's literally creating the contact in the account into Tech Canary. And, and, you know, and then being able to automatically without me even doing anything is sending a text to the client once we're done saying, hey, we want to let you know that we're going to be back with you soon. And at the same time, it's sending an email over to Marblebox saying, hey, all the stuff is inside the system and go pull it over, bridge it into PL Raider. Pretty soon you'll probably just be automatically going into PL Raider, but take it into to the Raider, you know, get it done, send it back. I mean, all this stuff. And I'm sitting here going, wow, like people have no idea what they're missing. And I love it. What you said a minute ago, Reed, is you said, we're not just selling policies. We're trying to create this whole system. Now I will tell you, I feel as if I have a little bit 
more knowledge and know-how to be able to say, hey, and I'm not even trying to create this great system, but I, there's about three or four different functionalities that I would like to get f- put in. And we just took all of our data at a Hawksoft. And, and I know your CEO, you said hi, so I don't know how much you know of this, but we just took all of our data at a Hawksoft because that was the agency we just bought. And we moved it over into Tech Canary, got rid of Hawksoft. And then as of July 1st is our main go live cut, uh, QQ Catalyst off all July 1st. It's actually a terrible day to say because I think it's like on a Sunday, I believe. So no, one, two, three. Yeah, it's on a Sunday. So to say July 1st is a terrible date. So it'll really probably be like the 5th or 10th or something like that. But the, the my point is, is that that's our goal. And we are sitting here saying, once we get these three or four things hooked in, now we're ready to take our data and let's launch. And I'm going to just be honest with you, dude. We're going to be so beeping lost in the probably the first couple of weeks because it's going to be, it's a whole new system, right? And now I've already given my user IDs uh, to all my staff and they've probably realistically been in there about less than 30 minutes. Sarah, who now has to be in there a lot because of Hawksoft, absolutely hates it. Well, when I say this, she hated it the first week. She could not stand it. She was like, Jason, I just cannot find stuff in here. So I got somebody on the team from Tech Canary to get on the phone with her. It took literally 30 minutes and they sat down with her and said, okay, what are you trying to do? And she said, I'm trying to create this account and then boom, boom, boom. Or if I look this up, where's the cert holder list? She had a list of about 10 things. I kid you not. She said at our meeting, we have a meeting every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Last week, she said, Jason, we need to speed up the process of getting over to Tech Canary because just in the few things that I now know how to do, she's like, it is way simpler. And she said this, and this is what I always like. It's way less clicks. And when they say that, I'm kind of like, okay, this is a win situation. And then you go in from Sarah, who's been doing it for 17 years, and she's only worked with Sajida and now QQ Catalyst to say, hey, this is a better solution. I told my wife the other day at dinner, I was like, man, we're going to start making some serious headway now that we have buy-in from Sarah. And what was amazing was, is how dare I read? I mean, I have been almost keeping her sheltered from this because I wanted to make it this platform. She gets in there now that she has to, and she's looking at it saying, dude, why have you been keeping this from me? Like, this is a lot better. And I'm like, that's a win-win. And that's what it's all about. And that's where I encourage agents to listen to what Reed's saying is don't try to just create this huge thing like you said, man, sell policies. As my boy Chris Lane Jill says, put some premium on the books, right? What do you think about that, Reed? Man, I'll tell you what, Cass, like that's really, really good to hear, man. Because I know, I mean, you and I haven't talked for, it's probably been a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Hey, it has been. Right? And you were a little worried about it, man. You were freaking out. You were freaking out on it. Let's be real. I was here. freaking out because you guys had serious growing pains. You guys had those last fall into where you guys were experiencing so much growth. It was like, Wow. You know, that's one of those good things, bad things in the business world. You know what I mean? Oh, no, absolutely. And that's awesome, man. And it's it's great. You know, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of stories like that where, uh, but you know what the difference is, Cass, is what you said a minute ago. And you said, now that she's in there because she has to be, Mm -hmm. that's a big difference. You'd be surprised at how many agencies doesn't control the business. He doesn't run the business. The employees do. And they tell them how it should be done. It's true. And we get a lot of owners that want to buy the new shiny thing that could really help them. And they see it and they love it. But the staff completely pushes back and it doesn't work out. It It happens. It doesn't. And the ones that actually truly adopt it and push from the top down are the ones that are the most successful. Once they get into it and they do it, 
it's an amazing place to be. An amazing place to be. It really is. And I'm looking forward to it. And we'll do a follow up. And hopefully, if people don't know, also, uh, Tech Canary is a year round sponsor of Agency Intelligence. If you go to all of our websites, any of our social sites, you'll see them right there. If you want to find out more, click on their logo, take you to their website. You want to reach out, read if someone wants to reach out. I know you're a very busy man. Who would we point them to? Bo, how would we get a hold of you if somebody right now is like, hey, I want to find out more? I want to get a demo or something. Hey, man, if anybody wants to talk to me directly, I give my information out to everyone. Email me directly. It's read at techinary.com, R-E-I-D. But yeah, I mean, if you want, fill out the form on the website for more information. You know, email sales at techinary.com, whatever. Just pick up the phone and give us a call. I'll also be keynoting and speaking at Elevate as well. Oh, yeah. And running the uh, InsureTech whole thing. So um, if you guys want to hang out and have a cold one or whatever, I'll be there as well. I'm sure I'll see you there, Cass. Cold, refreshing beverage. (laughs) Refreshing beverage. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. You know, email us, call us, hit us up on Facebook, whatever you want to do. Fantastic, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on Agents Influence Conversations with Jason Castor. This has been a good one. I really think it's vital right now, agents, that you really decide. You know, I heard a good friend of mine say the other day, he said, when I'm looking at a management system, he says, I'm trying to do my best not to look at what works for me right now. I'm trying to do what Gretzky said, and I need to go where the puck's going to be, not where it is now. And I think you need to do that same thing when you're looking for a management system is say, look out and say, where's this going to be? Where is AMS systems? What is my client? What is my staff going to be demanding of me in five to 10 years? And then think about, can your current system do it? And is your current system going to evolve? For everybody out there who may not know, QQ is dead, okay? I don't want to say it's dead. It still has a pulse. They've literally been telling us that they pulled their developers. They pulled their programmers. If you'll notice, if you've had QQ for the last couple of weeks, it's slower than molasses. And they've basically came right out. I don't want to blow some people out, but there was some inside leaking across my heart, swear to God, that there's in some inside people that used to be old QQ that are now over there who are basically saying they're upset that QQ was their baby, you know, and QQ is something they brought from the ground up. And now Vertifor has done what we thought they would do. And that was, oh, we're not going to mess with the system, touch it or whatever. That was back in 14 and 15 when they bought Mark Malis and his wonderful team out. And now here they are. Now here they're doing everything they don't want to do. And they really don't care because they know that they're going to convert 10, 15, 20% of those users to their AMS 360 system. And then the rest of you guys are going to go out there and they really don't care. And because they think that they have the answer that you need and you can't get in anywhere else. And it's people like Tech Canary and some of the other systems that are coming forward that are proving those people wrong. So let's band together as agents and let's tell these people they're not going to have it anymore. And there are things out there and stay alert out there because you're going to now start hearing these management systems start using the letters API, right? They're going to start using it as a marketing technique because they know it's like Reed said, it's a buzzword. So they're going to start preying on that is to say, yeah, well, we're going to have the open API. Are they, you know, what does that hose look like? How thick is that hose? What's the data they're going to be transferring? I do know a lot of some of the AMSs, not a lot, some of the AMSs, they decide on who they're going to open up their API to based on the revenue sharing that they're going to have with that company. 
That's not what we're here to do. Okay. What we're here to do is we're here to create a customer experience for our clients. It's second to none and separates us in our communities, gives us the family life that we need. And to not only for us, but for our staff, we can't be worried about people out there trying to find out if they can make more money off the data that's ours. Matter of fact, it's not our data. It's our clients' data. So start thinking about that. Start doing business. Start connecting yourself. Start rubbing elbows with those who have that same mindset because it's very, very important that we all come together and we get going in the same direction so that we can provide that customer experience. Why do we need to provide that? Because we have competitors out there. We have directs. We have captives. We have even our own independent companies that are trying to go around us. And if we can continue to do what we do and rev it up a little bit, inject some steroids into the customer experience, what's going to happen is, is no one's going to be able to touch us. And you're going to need tools that are going to allow you to do that. Yes, once again, full disclaimer, I'm a Tech Canary user. I'm a Tech Canary user because I see where this industry, if you go back and look at my stuff, if you look at, read what I was posting and stuff in 2012, someone just posted one on LinkedIn of an article that I was in in 2012. And it was amazing. They said, reading it, how relevant it is today. I'm telling you where we're going. And those tools you're going to need in the future are here now. Just make sure that when you're looking for it, where's the puck going to be? Where does your agency need to be? And I believe that Tech Canary is going to be a tool. It may not be for everybody, but it's a tool you're going to need in the future. Reed, I appreciate your time very much. Thanks for coming on Agents Influence, man. Keep going, keep pressing ahead. And let's get on the cell phone and chat here pretty soon and just talk about life. Awesome. All right, Cass, I appreciate you and I appreciate the opportunity being on today. And yeah, we should catch up, man. Absolutely. All right. This has been Jason Cass and Agents Influence Conversations with Jason Cass with Reed Holsworth of the one, the only Tech Canary.